Welcome back, everybody. This is the Bless Your Boys podcast. BlessYourBoys.com is your home for all things Detroit Tigers baseball on the SB Nation platform. I'm your host, Brandon Day, and with me is my co-host, Ashley McLennan. Ashley, how's it going tonight? We uh, we had kind of a weird uh, weird night, weird game. We're all busy at the same time, trying to wait for this dang thing to end. Yeah, man. It's like, it's a lot of late games now. It does. It, I... I would love it if we could not drag them out. I know. I'm, I'm, oh my god, I'm kicking myself already for saying that. I know it's only going to get worse. <laughs> no, but in two months I'm going to be like, give me baseball, any baseball. I know. And it's now so I'm just like, make these games shorter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in like what two days, like the rosters are, are going to expand, and every time a team is down, they're going to bring in like five rookie relievers throughout the eighth and ninth inning, and just drive us insane. It's yeah, like it's just a weird. This is a weird time of year when you're not in contention because it's like there's a lot of there. Oh, there's some interesting things to watch, but you know, for me, like most of the intrigue has been the minor league system this year, and they're about done. And then it's going to be like a couple guys get called up, and you know, that's kind of about it. Couple. I mean, I I know we get people get excited about September call ups, but we've got room for what two, three guys. Yeah, I think that's it. I I think there's a way they could get four. and they could also just cut Francisco Liriano, honestly, if they wanted to, and give a chance, give some other team a chance to pick him up. But it just doesn't seem like anybody's interested. I don't really blame them. Yeah, would that they could. Yeah, they would. Uh, yep, I don't even, you know, I don't even want anything. <laughs> so. No, it's like what was it the other day? The Cubs, not the Cubs. Um, oh, the Nationals just sent somebody to the Cardinals. Yeah, they were just like, here you go. Yep, they and just like, well, yeah, they got all mad at Sean Kelly too like a couple weeks ago and just were like now nah, we've had enough of you and oakland yeah, picked well, him right up that was like a bad attitude thing but this was more or less like yeah we're good goodbye okay, yeah <laughs> they're just like have fun with the cardinals now and i'm like you didn't even want like cash yeah. to be named later yeah, the indians kind of did that with zach McAllister, you know like not that zach McAllister is going to be missed there necessarily but it was kind of weird that they were just sort of like well we're done with you you know those numbers weren't that bad this year now he's just out there oh. bouncing around too. He was pretty rough though in those couple outings with the Tigers. He was, yeah. That's... Like that wasn't if that was a, an audition for something better. Good luck to him in free agency. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Speaking of another person who's you know free agent hopes seem to just be getting worse and worse. But yeah, Jose Iglesias goes down with an oblique injury, and you know maybe he'll be back before the end of the season here and there. But um, he was already you know kind of like untradeable it seemed like the Tigers just couldn't you know they've been trying to unload him it feels like for two years now and no one's been interested and now he's going to hit free agency and he was having probably the best season of his career he and, was having a gold glove season it was incredible yeah the defense was there but he actually you know the the offense was a little bit more there I mean still below average and stuff but but much more closer to usable so yeah that's kind of too bad for him I don't know I think we were having a discussion about this today where I think the Tigers could maybe do something intelligent and sign him to a cheap one-year extension this off season. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think he's still really serviceable. Um, like you said, defensive um, shortstop. Like he was incredible this season. Yep. And I think he's still got that in him and he was doing a little bit better at the plate. Like he's always had pretty solid plate discipline. He's just never been a big like power hitter. Yeah. Yeah. He's a weird hitter. Cause he's, I mean, he doesn't have good discipline in the sense that he never draws walks. Like, he's always swinging at everything, but you also can't strike him out. He's, he's just one of those weird guys that kind of swings at everything, but can put the bat on almost anything, yeah, too. So. he's an interesting guy at the plate. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I would I wouldn't be mad at the Tigers if they could get him for under three mil for a year, maybe a club option. Yep. Um, we don't really I, have anybody, you know, kicking down the door to take over the shortstop position. Yeah, so exactly, there's nobody there. I mean, they do five years from now. Yeah. Um, where they're really building that infield depth, but for next season, you still need somebody there. And with you know closing the season with an injury, I don't imagine there's going to be a ton of people really hungry for Jose Iglesias. So. I think they'd be smart to pick him up again. Yeah, and he's still just right into his prime. I mean, I think what is he, twenty eight, twenty seven? I mean, he's he's you know he's he's right in his prime years. So I mean, yeah, but he did have the double shin surgery. Um, yeah, it's twenty fifth. Three seasons ago. Yeah. Um. Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Actually, now that I think right. about it, yeah, it's been that long. I guess that was right before Kinsler joined the team because I remember that was a weird time frame where the the 2b and the, the shortstop hadn't played together before and it was like well how will this work yeah um and that was when aoenio suarez came up for 2014 and you know was was really good as a rookie straight out of double a and then you know we all know what happened <laughs> he's he's out of it with the reds just absolutely wrecking shop these days so killing it. yeah so good times there but yeah i mean i agree like yeah, you know, the Tigers just brought Willie Castro, who they traded uh, Leonis Martin to the Indians for, and he's you know he's a solid defensive shortstop, um, another free swinger type dude. But he just went to AAA, so you never know. Like he might be you know at least ready to call up next year, if only to be like, okay, show us what you got next, you know, after after he yeah. he burns out. But um, and Isaac Paredes, I don't know. We'll just have to have to see. You know, that kid is nineteen and. Um, I know he hit another home run and a double at least tonight. Last time I looked, um, as the Erie Seabold for just crushing the Harrisburg Senators, and um, he's got an 8.75 OPS in Double A as a 19-year-old, which is super exciting. Like that dude might not be that far away. So, but I don't know if he's going to stick at shortstop either. So, yeah, we definitely need somebody next year. Yeah, I mean, it's still. I mean, it's not going to be a winning season, but it, they still got to play 162 games. So. Yeah. And you're not going to, you know, and the other thing in general is like, you can't just wait until like, oh, okay, now we're all ready before we, we're going to bring all these guys up and they'll all be good. Like they have to come up and suck for a little while and struggle yeah. like everybody else before they get there. So you can't, can't wait for too long. Um, yeah. I kind of had like a little theme in mind just because it's been like a weird week for me. <laughs> like personally, like there's been, there's been some good things with the Tigers and there's been some very bad things with the Tigers. And my, my week started off with uh, having an awesome time up north and then cannonballing off a boat into a uh, into a lake with my glasses on like a moron and losing a pair of $350 glasses to the bottom of the deep, dark sea. So that was that was good times and ruined the whole rest of my weekend. That's some dumb moves there, man. Yeah, I don't make dumb moves with glasses, especially. That's um, some 22-year-old bullshit you just pulled. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm more than likely to, like, cannonball off a boat and have a good old time, but usually I take my glasses off. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, not, uh, that was not my favorite part of the week. And then we saw Michael Fulmer um, in his second start, and he just got absolutely destroyed, which was uh, a drag in general. And Matt Boyd as well. Like, we had our had our two guys. Like, they look like, you know, the last couple starts, maybe they were kind of putting it together here. And Yeah, nope. Boyd looked pretty good the other day. Not recently, but, like, yeah, the, was it two starts ago? Looked really nice. Yeah. And Fulmer's first start back looked pretty good. So, you know, I, I guess we, we're just not allowed to have things that are that nice. Hey, we have one thing to look forward to going into the weekend. Yeah. We get Daniel Norris back Woo. in theory for a start Saturday, right? Yeah, that's the, I don't know if they've announced it, but yeah, they were talking like that was going to be the play. So 
yeah, we'll see. He's definitely on his way back. I, I think it's just you know a question of how many starts versus some relief spots they want to use him in. But Ron Gardenhire was definitely saying like I want to get him starts in September. So yeah, initially they had said that he would get the bullpen starts, and then it seemed pretty clear that they wanted him in the starting rotation. So I'm not sure how that's going to pan out, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yep. His, uh, his last rehab rehab started Toledo. I watched and he, he looked pretty good. He looked very Daniel Norrissey. So, um, and I think he threw 72 pitches. So maybe they just wanted to see like if he was all right afterward or if he was mm-hmm. tired before they put him in the rotation again. But yeah, it'll be nice to have him back. Um, that's something to look forward to. Um, I'm not looking forward to watching Dawel Lugo play a whole lot, but, uh, but he did, get his first uh, two major league hits tonight against the Yankees. Um, the first one was a pretty pretty screaming line drive into the left field corner for a double. So that was nice. I mean, those things are fun. Um, you know, all thought of the Tigers and the future aside, like it's nice when a young guy has that kind of a moment. And they had Jamer Candelario's dad, who of course was a hitting instructor in the Dominican for a long time, probably still is, and runs an academy, and he was in the crowd watching Jamer, and Jamer had a homer tonight, so, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I still love those moments, yep. It was funny, they were talking about his dad, because, uh, you know, he was, he's sitting up there, and he looked like he was, you know, he was really grinding through Jamer's at-bats, and then as soon as Jamer was, wasn't batting anymore, he had, like, this giant bag of popcorn and was calm again, <laughs> just shoveling popcorn in, you know, like, having a great time. yeah, like, the nerves, the nerves were gone then, so he was all right. But you never stop being a little league parent, I don't think. Yeah, that's got. I just, I really can't imagine. I mean, we've had a lot of those good moments, like Jacoby Jones' mom has been really fun a couple times. Um, that's, oh, she's that's been the cool. best. I love her, Mary. Yeah, Mary's cool. Oh my god, she's one of my favorites. I want her in the booth on the regular. Yeah, yeah, she's she's really good in there. I think. Yeah, she looks, you know, like a, a really fun baseball mom. She was, she's, she was super into it. Got to know your stuff if you're going to raise a, a major leaguer. Like, I imagine. Because, yeah, what was it? Shane and Nick's moms were on their podcast, right? Oh, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they know. Yeah. They know everything. Yeah. Actually, a, a friend of mine, an old friend, but she posted, uh, like, her calendar for September with all of her kids, like, athletic events, and she has four kids, and it was just hilarious. <laughs> and she was just like, oh, that moment when you realize, yes, you had two kids too many. Yep. Just, like, buried... <laughs> Buried in events all day, every day. No turning back now. Yep. So, yep. Shout out to all the uh, all the sports, you know, parents out there dragging their kids to all these things. Um, you know, you're creating a, a brighter future for all of us. So, thank you. <laughs> and try to keep your sanity as long as possible. Keeping the minivan industry afloat. Yep, that's right. You know, you've got to be able to pack those s- smelly, filthy little children back in there after they play their games. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it was nice to have Matt or uh, Daniel Norris back. Um, the the big thing that that was really exciting yesterday was Matt Manning made his uh, double day, double A debut and just absolutely torched the Harrisburg Senators. Allowed no runs, three hits, a walk, and eight strikeouts, and just just looked awesome. Um, showed the best changeup I think we've we've ever seen from him, which was kind of a kind of a key for him to get that pitch going and his command has come just so such a long way this year um just consistently getting better so that that was nice it was just really nice to see that because there's only one start left before um his minor league season is going to end so seeing him take that take a what is a, a generally a huge step for a prospect to the double a level and just yeah. absolutely crush it was 
was a good feeling and seeing him pitch to Jake Rogers, who is just smooth as a cat behind the plate. Um, just felt like oh, a, so excited yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was raving about him and our, our friend Mark Garage was just kind of laughing at me like other teams have good catchers. Like he's, he's good, but I think you, you've just suffered for too long. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's address this. Like, I mean, I'm so, I'm psyched for Jake Rogers, but I'm also like, I'm still riding that Nick Madrigal high where I wish we'd yeah. <laughs> to Casey Mize because he's like killing it already for the White Sox and their farm. And I'm like, no, he could have been ours. Yep, I would have liked to have him. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to like, I'll never get over it. Like in five years when Nick Madrigal's like on an all-star team, I'll be like, he could have been mine. Yep, yep. Well, that's okay. Like, You're going to be okay though. You're going to be okay because we're going to have Isaac Prady's or Cody Clemens. So we're gonna have we're gonna have somebody. I feel reasonably confident. Shortstop's the position oh, where I don't Cody know. Cody Clemens but. is gonna be a lot of fun. I think if he can make it up to that that level, that all that like MLB level, I think he's gonna be a really fun. He's gonna be exactly the kind of player you only love if they're on your team. Yeah, like a Brett Gardner or an Ian Kinsler yeah. type guy. Like Carlos Gomez. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like one of those guys where you're like, if he's on your team, it's like, oh man, I love this guy. This guy's antics. This guy's sass. He's attitude. Yeah. And he's skill. And then you see any other guy like that on any other team, and you're like, who is this asshole? Yeah, like, yeah. Where's he's better than everyone? Uh, yeah. Where's Brian McCann or AJ Przinsky to set this guy straight? Yeah. I think that's <laughs> exactly what we're gonna get from clemens and i'm so ready for it i, I can't help but love carlos gomez though honestly oh it was, my god i wrote i literally wrote an article about it there's some <laughs> there's so many good fan moments like that i remember that moment with that really cute like little softball playing girl a couple of years ago that thing that was adorable and he just keeps having these amazing fan moments i love that he's dude just, he's a good he's man a hundred, like i mean not to digress into raised territory again but he, <laughs> he's a hundred percent present in whatever moment he is in yeah he whether it's the frustration of not getting a hit or the joy of seeing somebody on your team get one that's what he is and i i get that feeling too out of nick you know like on a lesser extent yep like nick's the one in the dugout going did you fucking see that like (laughs) or like just you know rallying around a guy getting their first home run and any of that like it's I don't know. I I feel like he's he's a little bit more subdued. There is either a, like a zero or a plus twenty five with Carlos Gomez. Yeah, um, which is just amazing. And so it's like the Rays team this year is so much fun to watch. I was just gonna say like yeah, the <laughs> when you mentioned the Rays and not going into that too deeply, I'm like yes, it's too bad though because the Rays are infinitely more interesting than the Tigers. They're so much fun well, this year. I was gonna jump into it when we we're talking about not having anyone readily available at shortstop and i'm like well it would have been nice if we'd had a willie adama <laughs> um because it would have been he's he started out a little bit slow for the Rays, but man he's he's been red hot yeah how's his defense Does he look good there too uh yeah i mean he's not like dazzling me with like gold glove style yet but he's made some pretty good catches yeah he's solid he's over there some pretty yeah. impressive turnarounds like his speed's there so he could get real good given time yeah, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be over here hoping, uh, hoping for Paredes or maybe uh, maybe Wenzel Perez, who is off to a nice start at Single A and is a is a very similar kind of player to Adamas, like kind of slight frame, excellent hand eye coordination. You know, makes a ton of contact and um, plays good defense and has some speed. So maybe one of these days. Um, yeah, but it's it w- but it'll be a little while. <laughs> we'll just have yeah, to hang in there. Wait, but hopefully one that's worthwhile. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, to go back to a player who I think we both won't mind, you know, seeing go away, unfortunately, this offseason. Um, let's talk about James McCann briefly because, um, yeah, I think by is, is probably probably the answer. Um, our buddy over at The Athletic, Max Boltman, had an interview with uh, Tigers bench coach Steve Little, and they got into it quite a bit about, like, James McCann's receiving behind the plate and game calling and stuff like that. And it... And we've kind of felt all year long there have been, you know, notes from Ron Gardenhire and some of the other coaches where you could tell they were being critical of James McCann behind the plate, which you never hear from any oh. any coaches about their, you know, about their catcher. And they were very subtle, my, but but they were there. My favorite Gardenhire quote was, he has other fingers. Yeah, he can put down other fingers. Yeah, he can call something other than a fastball inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, ooh, ooh, that's harsh. Yeah, I mean, you, and you, yeah. you know, and you don't hear that. You know, you, you expect them to say those kind of things behind closed doors. Well, so many managers have been catchers. That's the thing I find. Yeah. There's a huge contingent. And I think it is because of that that ingrained awareness of how to deal with pitching staffs and how to call games. And I, I think that leads to a natural connection between catchers becoming managers. Yeah. But I think it would also naturally make them shy away from calling into question anything their catchers do. Yeah. So just those little things leaking out kind of gives you that vibe. And then... And and basically what little you know, little kind of talked about receiving and, you know, kinda of was talking about how it's a little harder for taller catchers like Grayson Griner and James McCann to get down and and, you know, really freeze balls at the bottom of the zone and hold them up without getting deflected down at all. Um he kinda of mentioned that and then he kinda of was talking about how, you know, like, oh, it's tough right now though, because, you know, you've got to look at, you know, what kind of pitchers you're dealing with and, you know, James McCann's catching all these young pitchers right now and, you know, that's gonna hurt your numbers because those guys don't hit the target, blah, blah, blah. But the problem with that in that whole, you know, that whole argument is that James McCann was awful when we had Justin Verlander and Michael Fulmer at his best and yep. Anibal Sanchez and Mike Pelfrey and Jordan Zimmerman. He's graded out bad, you know, all all the way along. So that that's no excuse. And I have to think that with James McCann hitting arbitration um, this offseason and with Jake Rogers not too far from the major leagues, um, it really is time to just move along try to sign I mean, ourselves a little a guy like veteran Fix, guy. Fix is okay for next season, and you have Griner? Griner? Yeah, Griner, yep. I can't spell it, and I, I will one day not say gray with a Y. Like a <laughs> oh, yeah. G-R-A-Y. Yeah, gray. Grayson. Grayson. <laughs> Grayson Griner. Grayson um, Griner. And I, I, I want to call him Grenier every time. I don't know why. Oh. I'm so sorry, Grayson. We were going to go with Grinder, but that's pretty boring. No, like Grenier, <laughs> it's like a French thing. I don't know oh, it's yeah. Canadian. Right? Yeah, like yeah. I look at it that, and I'm like, Grenier. And I'm like, mm, no, Grinder. <laughs> I can't, can't get my brain around it. But, like, I mean, if you get a Hicks and a Grinder, like, that can get you through a whole season. Yeah, and even then, you know, they probably should try to get, like, a veteran guy. Like, I really want them to get, like, some guy who can't hit but is really good at game calling to kind of just mentor those younger guys. And then there's probably not that much point waiting too long with Jake Rogers. Like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to rush a guy, but catchers, you know, their knees go and, you know, you're spending those bullets, you know, in the minor leagues just as well as they spend in the major leagues. And they probably shouldn't wait that long. You know, he's, he's obviously ready to catch, you know, in the major leagues, the hitting, you know, just might take more time, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping they, they, don't slow play him too much, and we get to see a bunch of Jake Rogers next year. You know, maybe wait until 
you know, May, June or whatever. But, you know, he's got to start learning at the major league level. So I'm hoping that will happen and that we the brain of terror that is James McCann. And James McCann, I'm sure you're a fine man. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> we'll finally be over and we can and we can move on from there. If we could get that female catcher for the Japanese women's baseball team, I would be all for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They're like, the pitching ninja has gifts up of, of Sato, who is their their primary pitcher. Yeah. And she's just majestic. Like Her curveball is bonkers and I think has something like a 2150 spin rate at 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Which is just, what? Yeah. But, like, everyone's, like, ooing and aahing over her pitches, which are amazing. But, oh, my God, her pitch, her catcher, just has the most effortless framing I have ever seen in my life. Oh, that's nice. Like, she's just, she is precisely where the pitch is. Like, she just, it's like a psychic connection. Oh, yeah. Like, she just doesn't move. And I've never seen anything so beautiful. And I'm like, I would love, just get her. Oh, yeah. I, I feel bad for not knowing what her name is, but I'd have to look it up. But, like... Yeah, the Team Japan catcher for the Women's Baseball World Series that's going on right now is just, oh, ridiculous. Yeah, I would, yeah, I, I should check a little bit of that out because it has been really cool seeing, you know, like some of the, the top women pitchers, you know, and this is baseball, not softball. I didn't, honestly, I hate to admit this, I didn't even know this existed until this year. So I've been like, oh, this is, you know, this is the best thing ever. This is great. You know, it's been an education for me. Like, I feel like peripherally I knew women's baseball existed but i'm glad to see it take a really big center stage this year like all the games are being broadcast on youtube um canada was just versus taiwan today i want to say and oh, i think yeah. one go team canada yeah um, and this is japan so, japan's won like five gold medals in a row i knew yeah, that and, i knew and, that they played canada women's baseball play there but quite a bit canada and japan have both ranked pretty well in them so oh yeah and it's going on in florida Oh yeah, I mean, it's going on in our time zone, guys. Like, and somehow they've managed to get games in um, because, you know, I write the yeah. minor league recaps, and the Lakeland Flying Tigers have been rained out like you know, two double headers in a row. I think they played finally today, but it's been uh, it's been kind of rough down there apparently. Thanks. But other good things happened down in Florida as our old buddy, the master of the nerds, Brian Pena, and his GCL Tigers West took down the Gulf Coast League Championship yesterday, which was pretty neat. I've never seen a manager of a team as excited to win something as Brian Pena is to win this. Brian Pena has the most beaming smile. He does. Oh, it just It's a joyful thing to watch him be happy. Yep. Yep. He's just a happy man. I'll just, I'll never forget that Nick Swisher, that Nick Swisher bunt because I swear I could hear the giggling in his head as he realized that Nick Swisher wasn't running. When he walked you could see line. it on his face. <laughs> and then he just jumped into the hell Oh my god! Some of my absolute favorite Tigers memories are Brian Pena memories. Yeah. You know, my one of my other favorite things about Brian Pena is that anytime I say something nice about him on Twitter, he sees it somehow and retweets it. He, oh, he's out there retweeting good things about himself all over the place. It's hilarious yeah. to me. Yeah, that's See, a good if dude. Anybody ever tweeted nice things about me? I would retweet them too. Yeah, I guess so. But you know, it's like you know, it has that like cheekiness to it. That's that's great. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll let other people you know say those nice things about me. I won't. Brian Payne is like, yeah, that's right. I am. I am the man. Everybody does love me. That's right. I'm a good dude. I am wonderful. Look, people <laughs> say. Yep. Yep. So yeah, that's been super cool. Um, that was a neat thing. And um, yeah, what, what? Oh, you know, I, I just wanted to go back to Daniel Norris for a little bit because I'm I'm very stoked to see Daniel Norris, but I would also like to just kind of for a second 
temper everybody's expectations. Like it's just good to have Daniel Norris back on the mound and and hopefully starting. And then, you know, we saw what can happen when you have like core and groin surgery when Justin Verlander went through that whole spiel. Your velocity's not just gonna come back, you know, in a couple rehab outings and whatever. So everybody just chill and just let the man pitch a little bit and we'll just see how it goes next year. I know he's been super frustrating. I'm frustrated. Ashley's probably frustrated. We all want to see Daniel Norris do well. You know, and... I'm surprised. Like, part of me was not even expecting to see him again this year. I wasn't either. I thought it was over. Like, I was really like, hey, we can scrap Norris. Let's just forget Norris for the season. Make do with what we've got. Yep. And we'll try it again next year. It's so, like, he and, Maggie, he and Maggie just hang out and just yeah, get ready honestly, for next year, boys. Yeah, it's been very frustrating because you want to root for Daniel Norris. There's just something about him. Where I think with other players, you would just be like, well, this guy's no good. You know, wipe our hands of it and try again with a new one. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I don't know. if it, And it's obviously not just us because the team is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You keep pushing for it because you see it, right? Like there is something really special there. Yep. The stuff and is like, just so good when he's right. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It, and, and it's him, too. Yeah. Just like. And I don't mean that in a like, oh, Ashley, you're a girl and he's handsome. Obviously, I have eyeballs. I'll say, like, I, I will stipulate that he is a handsome man. My God. He is he's <laughs> such an intriguing human. Yeah. Like, there's, there's just something special about Daniel Norris that makes you want to root for him. And baseball players are almost uniformly just, you know, and maybe they're not off the field, but they're boring they're just yeah. boring dudes who all say the same thing, you know. You know, whoever whoever you might like, JD Martinez obviously had had a little bit of a kerfuffle this week, but you know, JD Martinez doesn't have that much personality. It's his play that matters. But it's just one of those dudes who just seems in Daniel Norris, who's just a very authentic, real person who has like actual interests outside of the game. Seems to be like intelligent, soulful person. Yeah, yeah, he's fully actualized in a way that. Hardly any baseball players ever ever really seem to be so. I, I would like to listen to his TED talk. I would love Daniel Norris's TED talk and and you know like uh, you know an ex you know exposition of his photography and endless meetings Surf with homeless ho- homeless people. Of dazed and confused. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, you know, meeting homeless people in every city he travels to and taking their picture and buying them food and sitting down to get their story from them and stuff like no, no one does this, you know. And I understand, you know, like old crusty baseball types are just like, you know, like, oh, this guy's soft. You know, he's he's just, you know, he's not 100 percent focused on baseball, blah, 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 blah. And maybe that's true. And maybe in the end, you know, some of that will kind of undo whatever his potential will be. But Daniel Norris is going to win at life regardless. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just real happy to have him back. Um, I think there's something he brings to that clubhouse a little bit as well. Like he's a bit of their mascot in a certain sense when you hear like Nick Castellanos and some of the other guys kind of talk about like what his personality is like behind the scenes. Um, yeah. he, he and Matt Boyd are obviously really tight as well. So, yeah, he just there's just something that he brings. There's that little bit of magic, you know, that home run to straightaway center field in his first professional at bat at age like 22 against the Cubs. Oh, and awesome. yeah. And the speed, you know, there's just, he's just a weird dude. Cause he's such a good athlete in a way that you, you don't see from pitchers, you know, you don't see dudes like explode off the mound and fly through the air to catch pop-up bunts or, you know, or motor over to first base looking like you're as fast as Rajay Davis and stuff. It's just, yeah, yeah he's just a, he's an, he's just an enigma a little bit and a super interesting character. So yes, I'm very, very happy to have Daniel back. And we wish him all the best, but I would just, yeah, you know, people are going to be out there super frustrated because he's not going to come out and throw 94, 95 and dominate everybody. 
And, you know, it's just about getting reps and, and getting into the offseason and being able to rebuild his body and then, you know, turn him loose next year as a starter, see what you get. If it doesn't work out, then we'll we'll try to turn him into the next Andrew Miller after that. Yeah, amen. All right. That seems like the plan. I don't know. And, yeah, you know, I was looking at something just that. Nah, forget it. Um, <laughs> I was like, should I bring that up? I was like... Really dedicated to the yeah, yeah. I know. Well, usually I'm just kind of picking around the internet while we talk and like, is there anything I missed this week that was interesting and stuff like that? But um, yeah, there there were a couple things, but I don't really want to get into it because it's going to take too long. The, you know, the Rays, uh, the Rays continue to be fascinating. There's been some weird play from them. Um, there was that crazy Milwaukee Brewers um, Arizona Diamondbacks game last night that was like 25 runs and like 13 innings and just stretched into the night. And we're just getting to that point in the season where it just feels like there's these the games have all this meaning now, but but not around the Tigers, and it's just it's just a weird dichotomy because the atmosphere at some of these games is just so much different. So it was weird seeing the Tigers tonight play the Yankees and kind of have like this you know this sort of intensity level that you don't normally see just because you're in New York and you're playing the Yankees, and it's just a crazy thing to watch the Tigers like out slug and out bullpen the New York Yankees. The whole game made me laugh so hard. It actually it delayed the podcast by a good. Good forty minutes waiting for that to end. How terrible! I know. I know. That only affects me. It doesn't affect the listeners at all. Well, it affects me <laughs> too. That's the funny part about this. I'm gonna be up in the middle of the night editing. Yeah, no, uh, and I'll be the one, you know, sitting in the middle of Canada waiting to record. Yep, yep, yep. So I don't know. You got anything else like big on your mind right now, as far as the Tigers go? I mean, we're just kind of waiting. Who do you think? Uh, who do you think the call-ups are gonna be? I want Stewart. I think Stewart is going to come up. That does seem to so be too. the case. I feel, I feel, it feels like a natural pick. Um, that's really all I care about. I want to see. I want to see Christian Stewart's first big league home run in September. Yeah. But I want. That's all I want. If that can, if that happens, I will call this season a success for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think that's pretty likely. I think we will see that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna believe that that's gonna happen. And other than that, though, yeah, I don't think anybody else is going to get called up. It's like Lugo, maybe someone like, maybe. yeah, maybe a reliever of some sort otherwise. But yeah, it feels like we're just going to have to be content to get Daniel Norris and, and Kristen Stewart in this thing. And, and that's that, fine. And that's good enough. Yeah, that's fine for me. I I don't need I you know what? Like, it's not it's not make or break. Right. Like. At this point, we're just giving guys some reps, but yep. there's nobody that really needs it immediately, and I think I think Stewart's the only one where he's so close that it's about damn time you see what he can do against Major League talent, yep. especially Major League talent in a September push. Yep, they've already had Gerber up, and you know Ger- yeah. Gerber isn't the hitter that Stewart is. No, and I mean, he, Gerber was interesting, but like... Yeah, and you know, what we saw from him so far, you know, isn't isn't the, the sum of who he is, but it's, it has been kind of ugly so far. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple interesting things happened around the league, out, kind of outside of games themselves. Um, the Miami Marlins have, have kind of made a move that I think is really fun and interesting in a way that the, the Marlins too often haven't been for their fan base. And they're going to have a section where they invite fans to basically bring Vuvuzelas, noisemakers, horns, whatever the heck else they want, and just and just kind of bring this this ruckus to the game. Um, and 
and kind of try to instill some of that, you know, that Dominican, Cuban, Puerto Rican flavor um, to the to the contest. And I'm looking forward to that. I actually, oh, I, love it. I actually think that's going to be funny. It's gonna wa- it's gonna be fun watching people's heads explode um yeah. with and and you know and just kind of rage out by it but it's also just going to be you know awesome it's to have that wild section. environment yep it's its own section and somebody like sneeringly on twitter was like is it basically the pitbull section and i'm like uh that sounds amazing yeah and i would want to sit there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. take me like this is the team that literally had a pitbull bobblehead day yep. so i don't think you're going to be able to like you know dismiss them with something like that uh, and honestly, that just sounds like amazingly fun. Yeah. Like, go somewhere where it's just a party environment the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, you know, it just fits, it just fits everything down there. If I was a Marlins fan, I, you know, I would, I would be begging for anything entertaining at this point. Anything, yeah, anything different. like a boring day at the park. Like it's going to be, it can be a slog. Like I went to a Marlins game earlier this year and it felt long. Yeah. It's, um, so. and it, it, there's, it, the park doesn't offer you much, like. So, yeah, if you can go there and have something that's going to make you want to, like, get up and dance in between innings and, like, you know, cheer everybody on with a little bit of music, who cares? Yep. Yep. Just, yeah, just bring in that flavor. I mean, not everybody's, you know, can be as fancy as, you know, the Yankees with their their wine bar and (laughs) and their very, you know, kind of bland-looking stadium, to be honest. But, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, okay, so I am on Twitter, and the Yankees just got Andrew McCutcheon, which... Yeah, which is interesting because Aaron Judge still has not picked up a bat, according to reports today, and that is interesting because there's only a month left. Like, there's not much time for him to to get right with the the swing and then you know kind of build back up to facing major league pitching in time for the playoffs. So that it's kind of intriguing that they would do that, and it makes me wonder if Aaron Judge is not in worse shape than uh, than people think with that shoulder. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna pick up a guy like Kutch, that's a that's not a stopgap. Yep. That's an interesting pickup. That is. I really hate it. Yeah. And our... I really hate the idea of Andrew McCutcheon playing for the, in- the friggin' Yankees. Oh, dislike. Can you imagine if he'd had to shave the dreads to go there? God, that would have just been oh even the worse. God, what a nightmare. Don't, don't ever let that happen. Oh, I see Rob just tweeted so much for trading them Victor Martinez after tonight's game. <laughs> <laughs> Victor Martinez did crunch two home runs tonight, which was really, really funny. It's like it's good to see Victor, you know, kind of having oh, this man, like last two months. He's been going strong, really enjoying his his own little private farewell tour. Bless him. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, it's 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 been some good and some bad and stuff, but um, you know, it'll it, it'll be nice to see Victor Martinez hopefully get some note, love. And I, yep. You know what? I can't ask for anything more. Like we all know, in the next five weeks, he's done. Yep, and. He's he was so good, so bad, and if he wants to finish it out by being amazing, then all the power to him. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Go ahead and get it done. Yeah. Who's the other? You know, the other one who had an, another really nice game tonight was Nico Goodrum, who I just I cannot quite give up on the idea of him maybe being able to be a starter. I, I definitely think he's going to be a, a nice utility type player for the Tigers for at least a few years. But um, and he like he, he ran the bases, you know, with his hair on fire tonight. Stole second, yeah. took third on a wild pitch, crushed a home run. Um, he, he just, every night seems to do a couple things that, that really impress. So yeah, that's been, that's another thing that's been fun. I have enjoyed watching Nico Goodrum. So thanks for that, Nico. (laughs) On top of like showing those things that make him an interesting player, he just seems like a really good dude. Yeah. And it's very similar. Like I just, I kind of want to root for him to be there for the long term. Yep. 
Like, you don't have to be an amazing player to stick around for the long haul. Yeah, or for us and, to like you and, and be well, engaged, exactly. invested in your success to some degree, you know. I still check in to see how Andrew Romine is doing. Yep, yep. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, there's something about Nico Goodrum that makes me want him to, like, stick it out. Yep, yep, and, and, and just, you know... It doesn't have to be a star. It doesn't have to be a, you know, our second baseman of the future or whatever. It's, it doesn't need to be that much. It just, you know, it's just, just like, just if he can just have a nice career and, and be that dude and bring some energy, um, I'm perfectly happy with guys like that. Here and there, anyway. <laughs> Someday it would be nice to have a bunch of stars again, but, you know, we'll take what we can get. You kind of, like, sneer and dismiss the idea of these everyday guys that aren't like, you know, your Miguel Cabrera's or your JD Martinez's, but like I think we sometimes forget that those other guys, those like, you know, no award winning but still show up for, you know, 152 of your games every year. Those guys are still miles better than anybody else. Yeah. Ever. Like the talent it takes to even get to the level to just be your average everyday Joe, your Don Kelly out on the field you're still a bonkers good baseball player. Yep. There's like, 750 dudes in Major League Baseball, and there must be, you know, whatever, 40, 50 million, you know, people playing baseball these at, at, at any given point. And, uh, look at how many you draft in a single season. Yeah, yeah. Like, across the board. And that's just, like, one draft class, and there's, what, five to seven of those muddling up your minor leagues. And, like... It just, I, I think we like, you know, oh, I could do better than that. And I've said that. I've said that I could pitch better than Francisco Liriano. But, like, <laughs> I, th- these guys are good. Yeah. Like, even the worst of them are better than any of us could be on our best day. Yeah. And just go back through the last three World Series winners. Like, all of those teams had guys who didn't, you know, who weren't big stars or weren't big stars anymore, but who had, like, very obvious, meaningful contributions, whether it was, like, Josh Reddick and... Marwin Gonzalez and Yuli Gurriel, um, you know, dudes like that. Carlos Beltran, you know, with, with the Giants. The Giants always had, like, three or four dudes like that. Um, you, you just, you need some of those guys. You know, you need those guys who, you know, just happen to, you know, have that year where they come through in the clutch a bunch of times. Because when you get to the postseason, you know, pitchers dial everything up for the stars. And they, you know, and they pitch around them when they have to. And, yeah, you need guys like that. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with rooting for the underdog a little bit, and the Tigers have a couple guys who are at least, you know, interesting enough to, 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 to watch and check out. Ronnie Rodriguez being kind of another one, although I, I don't have as much interest as I do with Nico, but Ronnie Rodriguez is obviously like a pretty fun cat, and they made some swing changes with him to keep him on the ball longer and stop him stepping in the bucket and spinning off the ball and all this, and he's he's looked better lately as well um, and, and kind of brings an energy of his own too, so he's been fun to have on the team for a little bit here as well. Yeah, I'm less interested in him, but that's... Not and neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure he'll do something amazing in one game, and I'll be like, Ronnie Rodriguez, I need a jersey. That's, <laughs> that's how I function. Yeah, yeah. Jerseys are, are the path to love, or or the expression of love. They, at the very least, show you that I care. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and so. Speaking of which, by the way, a friend of mine was just in Arizona. Um, 
on a trip and he went to go see the Diamondbacks play. And I am appalled to report that they do not have Alex Avila jerseys. Oh no, really? Because I was like, please get me an Alex Avila jersey while you were there. And he asked at the store and they looked at him like he was crazy. And I'm like, that's rude. There are people out there that want Alex Avila jerseys and I am one of them. How, yeah, yeah. How has how has Alex's season gone out there? I kind of stopped paying attention after the first half. It wasn't going I so well. I, I poked in, and he's only been in like sixty-eight games. But I'm still very offended <laughs> that they don't have any merchandise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fun. Yeah, I just I've just always loved that dude. You know, I, I can't I can't let it go. So he's and, gonna be a manager in yeah. five years' time. He will be managing one of the minor league teams, guaranteed. In the Tigers system. And like he'll be the next G money, and then in you know seven years he'll be managing the Tigers. Yep, yep, uh, yeah. I I think it's it's perfectly true to suggest that he will be where Brian Pena is right now within five years. Yep, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that'll be good because yeah, he's just you know he's just a solid solid dude. Always played hard. Was kind of under underappreciated and. You know, just went through too much with those concussions and stuff like that. Well, and it's just, you he know, he knows the I'm, structure of the organization. Mm-hmm. He knows so much. I mean, you know, say nepotism all you want, but it's a baseball family. And he has, I mean, his, I think his godfather is Tommy Lasorda. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, the, the kid was born to know and to work in baseball. Yep. And that kind of like, ingrained training plus the amount of time he spent playing for major league teams and pitching future all star like hall of famers you know catching justin verlander for however many years he did the, the guy is destined yeah. for management yep yeah, totally and you know baseball is just is weird this way because it is insular and there's this you know these these sort of lineages in in the in the game, and it's only getting worse because you know the, I, in my opinion the the sport isn't doing enough to promote itself, you know, to kids playing. But it's also just you know it's the expense of it. Um, you know, there's just all these factors now that are kind of you know. Did you ever read a book called Outliers? Have you ever read any Malcolm Gladwell? I don't, but I have Outliers. Okay, he talks at one point about how. You know, there was a researcher who figured out and and just kind of realized that that there was all these hockey players and all these soccer players who were born, you know, in the first three or four months of the year. And from that, he extrapolated, you know, that, you know, if you look at the way kind of the minor, you know, the, the youth hockey systems work and the youth soccer systems, that the bigger kids, you know, get on the travel teams and they get, you know, better training. And because they get that, they get better. And then they really are better the next year. And how, you know, the the kind of age cutoff sort of produced this this factor where, you know, the, the older you are, the, you know, the better chances you have of being in the game, you know, in the long term. If you're born in January, you know, you're more physically mature than the kids who are born in October. And at that, at those ages, at 10, 11, 8, 9, that has just such a huge impact. And it just yeah. feels like, you know, baseball is kind of feeling one of those, having one of those same kind of things go on because there just isn't enough access to, you know, lower income kids, kids in the inner city, kids, you know, who, you know, basically, you know, just don't grow up in that 
that sort of vibe where your dad played in college and your uncle did, or your, you know, your dad was a pro and we're seeing this through, you know, the Tigers minor league system where they've kind of jumped on this bandwagon. We've got Dan, Dan Cameron, who is Mike Cameron's son. We've got Cam Gibson, who is Kirk Gibson's son. We've got Matt Manning, who is, uh, you know, Rich Manning, former NBA player's son. And you Cody just, <laughs> Cody Clemens. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's just kind of getting that way. And it just feels like we must be missing out on an enormous amount of talent that is just kind of being selected out by nothing other than circumstance, you know, and just has nothing to do with talent or work ethic or any of those things. So yeah, baseball has, baseball has some problems, but baseball did do one thing. Well, at least the MLBPA did that I was happy about in the past week, which is that they hired like a veteran labor negotiator to kind of head their negotiations for the next CBA. And we've, you know, you and I and Rob and everybody have, you know, just shredded Tony Clark for the last collective bargaining agreement, um, the MLBPA union president. And so that I thought that was a, a move that was, you know, long overdue. Like, I don't know why they weren't doing that in the first place. But um, but it'll be interesting to see how negotiations go the next time around as a result of that. But I was glad to see that because it just seems like, you know, things are have gone way too much the owner's way. Um, I don't have that much sympathy for the union because they still aren't doing anything for minor league players, which is one of the, the real problems. But yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting note um, this year, this week as well. Yeah, I think that's going to... I mean, Tony Clark has no idea what he's doing half the time, I don't think. It doesn't seem like, like it. It feels like he just walks around with a stick and pokes it in hornets' nests and is like, why are these hornets so angry at us? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I, I feel like this is going to be a much better way for the stick and the hornets to come to a peaceable agreement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what did they get last time? They got, you know, like... They got meals. <laughs> they, they got, like, a chef at every clubhouse or something like that. Like, that was... And then gave away, you know, like more salary cap and the international salary cap stuff. And yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, but it wasn't good. So I don't know. I think that's probably about it for the week. Um, yeah, we haven't been on for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, we, 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 we struggled to find ways to top. Um, Andy Dirk's <laughs> appearance on the show, I'm trying to figure out something fun to do. Um, I know we were like, you know, we, he told us all these great tips about how to like, you know, aim for the third baseman's head, and we were just like, we'll just stop recording the podcast. Yeah, maybe we should just let Andy <laughs> talk. <laughs> yeah, Andy's good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I just don't know how things are going to progress in September. Like, we're going to be, you know, we're going to have more podcasts coming in September, and we'll keep it going in the off season. But it probably is going to get a little bit more erratic. Um, Maybe every other week. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I don't know. You're, you know, trying to conquer the world with ten thousand projects, and I've been on vacation <laughs> a couple times. So, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I absolutely do not have a book due in seven days. Yeah. Do you want to promote the new podcast you started as well? <laughs> I haven't started it yet. Okay. I yeah. Recorded it, but next time we will, I will uh, pimp my wares. Uh, I am starting, just since you mentioned it, I am starting my own brief podcast wherein I will be doing 10 to 15 minute episodes where I review books. The idea being is that you can kind of get an idea for something you may or may not want to read in 10 to 15 minutes during your commute. I like it. 
yeah so it'll be called bite Size book reviews and i should have an episode out next week right on yeah and you know as as we can you know and this might have to wait till the off season the way things have gone but yeah you know we'd still would like to get dan dickerson on for kind of a season recap and maybe dan hasty um it's just tough to clear everybody's schedule and get everything aligned to do some of these things but we will try to um keep those things coming for you and we will have you know a few more guests probably in september um at least we'll get maybe rob on here to kind of do a, a season wrap up and kind of talk about that um i'm ta- thinking about maybe i'll have um keenan carter and jay markle who both write about prospects for us on and maybe we'll do like a, a whole like year review of the farm system kind of scenario one of these That's days great idea yeah so we'll try to make we some of these things in not mentioned the patreon in a really long time we should probably do that yeah we, we really we really <laughs> we really should like i just i'm just you know it's just a hard thing to like to ask for help but um but it definitely does help us quite a bit to have some of you guys if you're able to head over to um www.com patreon.com backslash bless you boys and if you can pledge you know like a monthly donation to us um, you know, we have put up some podcasts, Rob does some stuff with daily lineups over there. Um, but I'm not going to try to snow you that there's like a ton of content available for, for you over there. That's special. Um, if you can help us out and donate to the site, um, and appreciate, you know, the, the general content that bless you boys brings you, we could really use your support over there. Um, and we would appreciate it if any of you can do so. Um, and we will try to keep some, you know, some little extras and features, um, hitting the, hitting the Patreon all winter long. Yeah, and we may, and if you have suggestions for stuff you'd like to see on there mm-hmm. from like a donor level, like is something exclusive to that that you would like us to do, um, let us know. We're totally open to that. We were sort of mystified about Patreon in general, um, so any tips or or like thoughts you guys have on the offerings you'd like to see, um, you know, tweet to Brandon or I, send us an email, um, and we can see about adding those kind of tiers in or factoring them into the existing tiers as well. Yep, yep, exactly. And, you know, as it progresses and we hear from you guys and kind of talk some of these things out, it's been a bit of a scramble this year, um, you know, with Kirk Menching leaving um, and, and Grace as well. You know, we kind of took a hit from the beginning. So there has been a bit of scrambling to keep up. And, um, you know, when we get to the off season, we're probably going to do some reassessing about the staff and, and what we're going to do this off season and how the coverage will go. And maybe we will talk to some degree about maybe producing um, some swag of sorts um, for various contests as well. Um, you know, we've done that on the site in the past, but it's kind of hit or miss when someplace like Ballpark Blueprints, you know, gives us a free Comerica Park Blueprint to give away. We'll do a contest for those kind of things. So we'll see. You say this, and of course, we actually will be having a contest coming up, I think, in the next week. Yeah. Um, on the site to do a bobblehead giveaway. Um, I don't know the exact details of what you're going to have to to predict but there will be an element where you have to come close to something so not counting marbles in a jar but like put some thought into probably yeah the award season season. yeah probably awards or maybe some postseason predictions but either way like we'll we'll probably talk our way through the postseason too because um you know obviously i pay a ton of attention to the tigers and i pay even more attention to the the farm system this year but I'm I am honestly really ready to just watch some awesome postseason baseball at this point, um, even if the Tigers aren't a part of it. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, and we'll probably be pretty I'm engaged really all the way through October with all that. I'm really enjoying the point oh the oh point two percent chance the Rays have of getting to the postseason right now. Uh, I would really like it if the Rays just managed to sink the A's <laughs> somehow. 
Like, I'm, I'm not, like, one of those people who's obsessed with the Rays because, you know, oh, they did the opener and these kind of things. Like, the opener gives me, like, the willies still a little bit, but... Uh... <laughs> But they're just fascinating. Like they're just an amazing, interesting team. Had every single thing go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like every player get hurt. Every you know, trade your big names in the off season. Top prospect blows his UCL out. Yeah, you just everything that could have gone wrong for the Rays this season went wrong for the Rays, and still they're like five, six games over five hundred right now. In any other division, they'd probably have no problem like vying for. I think they have this, a better record than the Dodgers right now. Yeah, uh, the same record as the Phillies. Yeah, the right on the uh, Mariners' tail, or, or right, like yeah. they're I, a lot of it. I think goes down to what Kevin Cash is doing as their manager, and like they're just so interesting to me this season because they're doing so much better than anybody thought they had any right to do. And it would be like 2011 all over again if they got to the postseason. Yep. And at the same time, they did all this and they managed to like totally bulk out their farm system again too. I mean, they traded yeah. Chris Archer. They got Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows and like Shane Bass. Yeah. I mean, they picked up a lot of good prospects and somehow they're and still right Glass there. Now's looking like a starting pitcher now, and it's I, I posted something about it the other day in one of the links posts about how his like approach is changing and having a different coach and different changes. It's just. I love reading stuff like that. I think it's so fascinating, and it, it, it's a really interesting way to look at how players develop yeah. at different levels. Yeah, um, wasn't but, that David? Yeah. Was that David Larilla at Fangraphs? I think, uh, uh, it was a Fangraphs post. I think it was Larilla. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love that dude. He he ran this series. If people don't pay enough attention to Fangraphs, he ran a series all year where he interviewed like managers and pitchers and and players all about like the process of playing playing the game. <laughs> He did the one with um, Blaine Hardy and yeah. his grip. Yep. And that was a really interesting post, too. So go through and read those. They're, they're interviews, so they're, like, really quick and but engaging, and it's kind of cool to see that player mindset. Yep. David Larilla is a, is a really, really interesting cat, too. Like, um, I, you know, I had him on the podcast for an interview, actually, like, in one of our first episodes, like, episode three or something like that. And I hadn't, hadn't really met him or talked to him before, but what was really impressed. And he's, yeah, done awesome coverage all year, so he's a good guy to give a follow to on Twitter. Um, I'd also recommend RJ Anderson, who's been on the podcast. Uh, he was on in the early going, writes for CBS Sports, and he's another guy who really gets into, like, some really interesting minutiae about the game. And as always, we would, uh, you know, we'd, we're not paid to promote The Athletic, but we happen to be friends with and know a lot of the people who work there and really like the work that they're doing. And I will just say, probably not for the last time, that, um, you know, if, if you're complaining about media and journalism, you know, you're complaining about free shit. So pay for what you want. All right. Maybe it'll get it's better. It. Yeah. It's, the Athletic is worth it. Guaranteed. It, you know what? Like, I don't actually even know how much I pay. It popped up the other day because my card had expired. And it's like, oh, your payment didn't go through. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I have to pay for that again. Didn't even think twice about it. Like, oh. the athletic is worth it. Absolutely. Yep. Love the athletic. Yep. That's one of the things I actually need. That reminds me, and this is just totally personal, but I need to go through and cancel some other subscriptions. <laughs> I need to trim some things down. I was just hemorrhaging money this week. I know you, you bought a house. I bought a, yeah. a van as my second car and then lost the glasses. And uh, yeah, I had to get insurance on the van. Just been like, just watching the bank account just get drained this oh week. Oh my so. God. Yeah. If you ever want to start budgeting, buy a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll force you, won't it? Yep. Thank God. Yep. It's like now everything is cash, and I'm just like, I have $20 for groceries for the next two weeks. I guess that's life. <laughs> so, but I own a house. So. Yep. Yep. 
Now you just got to find someone to rent a room in it or something from me who you love. <laughs> Make a little extra, get a little little cushion going or something. God, what a nightmare. But all right, enough tomfoolery from all of us. Um, everyone have a great night out there. Um, get ready for some 40-man roster expansion goodness with the Tigers. And we'll see. Maybe it'd be, It'll be fun if they could take down the Yankees this weekend. That would amuse me greatly. <laughs> so, amazing. All right. Ashley, have a great night. You too. All right. Talk to you soon. Good night, everyone. Bye.